In the last couple of sessions of the Podcast Lab, we looked at creating systems for your podcast pre-production, the planning of your show, as well as the podcast production, the recording. In today's session, we're going to look at systemizing your podcast post-production. I'm Yanni Lunga, and this is the Podcast Lab. What exactly do I mean by podcast post-production? The answer is simple. There are two things that fall into the podcast post-production category. One is the audio editing, so the polishing of your recording, removing unwanted sounds, adding effects and things like that. And the second is ID3 tagging, the process of adding metadata to your episodes. Think of things like the episode title, episode description, show name, and so forth. The podcast post-production is probably the most outsourced part of a podcasting workflow. And we're going to look at the outsourcing side of things in the second part of the episode. First, though, we're going to look at doing things the do-it-yourself way. I like the previous steps, pre-production and production, where certain steps would vary depending on the format of your show. The audio editing and the edit tagging are pretty much the same for every single show. The first thing you want to do to get started with the systemization of your podcast post-production is something you should actually do, I dare to say, as soon as you have stopped your recording. And that is to make sure that you add the raw audio file to something like a hard disk and or a cloud-based tool. Think of something like Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, and similar. The reason for that is very simple. You want to make sure that you have your audio files in a couple of different places that you can access even from different devices. If, let's imagine, your device, your computer were to get damaged, you would still be able to access those files from Dropbox or a hard disk or similar thing. So you want to make sure that you do that. And that's actually a step that you can automatically do if you record with Zencaster. Zencaster has a Dropbox integration. And as soon as you're done with the recording, they automatically add the raw audio file to a specific Dropbox folder so that you don't even have to do anything. You just have to click stop, wait for a moment, and the file is going to be upload it automatically. Once the file has been saved, the next step is to actually get started with the audio editing. So what you want to do is open your go-to audio editing software. If you don't have any particular preference or maybe you're just getting started, in the show notes page that you find over at thepodcastlab.com for slash session 57, I've added the link to a couple of past episodes, including one that was all about audio editing. The two I've used over the years are called Audacity, which is the one I started with. And over the last few months, I've used a software called Hindenburg Journalist. And it's what I use for both the recording and editing of my podcast episodes. Okay, so we want to add the raw audio file into the software and we want to get started with the editing. 
There are a few different ways you can go about the editing. For me, the first thing I do is to add the specific effects. So I add the EQ, I add some compression, and then I do the editing. So I don't polish the episodes first and add the effects later. I add the effects first, and I'm referring to EQ and compression more specifically. And then I work on the episode that already sounds the way I want it to sound as the final output, if you will. And to make sure I don't forget this, I actually have a template in Hindenburg. So I don't even have to add the effects, disable them, enable them every single time. I simply drag and drop the raw audio file. And I know that the EQ and compression have already been enabled at the level I want them to be. You can do something similar, create a template in your audio editing software and use that. Or in alternative, you can use something like Trello and create a checklist of the steps you want to carry out. Things like add EQ and you can even add how much level in brackets so you know exactly how much to add that. Add compression, add intro music, add outro music, add voiceover, all those things Make sure that you have them somewhere. For me, in my template, the elements that are always the same, like the intro and outro music, are already there. I only need to move them around the, the specific episode, depending on the length of the episode. But they're already there, so I don't really have to think, oh, is there something I need to remember? I don't need to think that because everything is already in the template. So you can use a template or an alternative, create a checklist in a tool like Trello, Airtable or similar so that you can go through the checklist step by step so that you know you never forget any step of the audio editing side of things. Once the final output is ready to go, I always save it as an MP3. If you'd like to adjust the levels of your recordings automatically, then you should look into a tool called Ophonic. It allows you to upload your audio file and have the tool automatically adjust your levels. One thing about Ophonic though that you have to be careful is it will adjust the levels as I said and that's something that can be tricky. I remember I used that for every single episode of the Jazz Spotlight and the 360 Entrepreneur but I don't for this show for the fact that its adjusting of the level resulted in some of the sound bites you hear in episodes be extremely low or too high or things like that because it was trying to adjust everything. So that's something that you can definitely check out, but you want to be careful. So always make sure that you listen to the final file before you actually publish it. Once you have done that, you are finished with the first part of the podcast post-production, which is the editing. The second part, edit tagging is something that you can go about in different ways. I personally do that in iTunes, the iTunes program or my computer. In the show notes page that I mentioned early on, thepodcastlab.com for slash session 57, I've also added the link to another episode, one that focuses on explaining the ID3 tagging process. So if you have no idea what it is, what you should think about, what you use to do that, you can check out the show notes page. The reason why I do the ID3 tagging in iTunes is that I'm able to leverage pre-filled fields, things like the show name or host name, for example, that are always the same. As soon as I type a couple of letters are automatically 
populated. The fields are automatically populated. The text is generated for me. So that allows me to save a few seconds every single time. Once you have the file that is ready to go, the final output really, you want to do the step we talked about early on, which is uploading the file, the audio file, to either a physical and or cloud-based storing space like Dropbox, Google Drive, or a hard disk. And the reasons are exactly the same I mentioned early on for uploading a raw audio file. You want to make sure to be able to easily access those folders, those files from different devices. So these are the steps involved in the podcast post-production. The way you can systemize it will vary depending on whether you do things by yourself or you outsource them. You have an assistant, somebody help you with them. If you want to systemize it by yourself, the first thing you want to do is make sure that you have a folder, whether it's on Dropbox, a hard disk. I personally have on both a physical hard disk and a cloud-based tool, but that's really up to you. But you want to have a folder there. If using Dropbox, remember, using Zencaster to record episodes will allow you to automatically connect Zencaster to Dropbox so that your audio files are going to automatically be added as soon as you're done with the recording. The second step is to possibly have a template in your audio editing software so that you already have all the specific levels, effects, and things like that applied, and you literally just replace the audio file that needs to be replaced, but other things are already ready to go. Things like the intro and outro music, if it's always the same, and so forth. The third step is to export the audio file and add it to iTunes or any other program you may be using to carry out what is called the ID3 tagging. And that's what the next step is. Actually, carry out the ID3 tagging, so add all the specific information, metadata to your episode, to your audio file. And the final step is to upload that final file, the one that is ready to go, again, to a physical and or cloud-based storing device. If you have an assistant, on the other hand, I would strongly advise mapping out the steps in a tool like Trello, Airtable, Asana, or Google Sheets. And there you want to basically write down the steps I mentioned for doing things solo. You want to add them there. And you also want to add not only what to do and how to do it, but when you want the assistant to do it by. Be really specific. The more clarity you have, the easier it's going to be for the person to carry out the steps and the less back and forth the two of you are going to need. If you decide to hire somebody, I would recommend using a tool that allows you to add them to the specific project. Trello does that, Airtable does that. And also ask the person to notify you whenever something is being carried out. And that is when the raw audio file has been edited and is ready to go, tell them to let you know so that you have it there, you can listen to it. And same thing for the ID3 tagging. If you have the same person doing that, 
then you can ask them to first let you know when the file is ready for you to listen to. So if there is some changes, you can still ask them to do those. And then to notify you once again, once they have done the ID3 tagging and the file is ready for you to publish. If you have two people who take care of a couple of different tasks, let's say one does the editing, one does the ID3 tagging, you don't have to worry because tools like Trello, Airtable, and those that I mentioned before allow you to bring on board more than just a person. So you can have the entire team keep track of, carry out things, and communicate right from inside the same tool, which is great. And if you want to automate certain aspects of the systemization of the podcast post-production, you can look into, if you use Trello, you can use into a Trello power-up called Butler for Trello. And I've added the link to that as well over at thepodcastlab.com for slash session 57. You can use Butler for Trello or Zapier. Zapier is a tool that works with many different programs. What I mean by automating is, let's say you use Trello and you use color labels. That's actually something I do to know where a podcast episode is. I use specific colors. For example, if it's marked in red, means it needs to be recorded. If it's marked in yellow, it means the recording has been done, it needs editing. If it's marked in green, it means it has been published. So you can create your own system and then look into Butler and it allows you to automate certain steps. If you have used Trello, then you're familiar. Trello works with what are called boards. So each board can be used for a specific project and you can create a Trello board that is dedicated to the post-production. You can create a Trello card for each episode and you can ask the person, once you have carried out this step, change color to the card or add a comment. And with Butler, you can create automations where, let's say, if a person changes the color of the card, you are notified or the card is moved from point A to point B. So this is really practical because if you set up an automation where you are notified, for example, the person, the assistant, doesn't even have to write to you to contact you. They simply, let's say, change color of the card and Butler for Trello or Zapier, depending on what you use, will automatically notify you, send you an email, ping you, whatever way of notification you want to use. So this is pretty helpful because it's going to make sure that you save time and whoever you have on board helping you out with the podcast post-production save some time as well. And there you have it. Now you know what you need to think about and do to systemize the post-production sides of your podcasting workflow. In the next episode, in tomorrow's episode, we're going to look at the fourth step in the podcasting workflow, which is the publishing of your podcast episodes. I'm Yanni Lunga, and you've listened to The Podcast Lab. <laughs>